Welcome back to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. My name is Ali Salama and it is an honor that you are tuned into listening to a podcast that aims to make the conversation around leadership, mental health, shifting the culture from kind of being scared around being vulnerable and and, and, and seeing strength in a manner that is very misrepresented into a manner that uh, is actually authentic and is real and is raw and is, is, is truly impactful. So I think today we have a, a very fascinating conversation with uh, the one and only uh, Mohammed Shurwagi. Uh, Mo is uh, the world number one squash champion six years in a row. Even though he's currently number two, he has had a, an incredible lasting career being the 2017 world champion. He's a 19 times platinum champion. He's played 64 finals. His winning ratio is 77.6% and he's played 559 matches. Um, on the 12th of January, as we're recording this on the 19th of January, 2021, 12th of January is Muhammad Shurbagi's birthday, so I just want to say happy birthday to the beast that is the is the pride of of Egypt. It's, Egypt is also my home country, so I got to give that to to our nation. Um, very rarely do we see sports sort of being connected with mental health, and yes, we did have the sports mental health conference, Sports Menta, on January 14th, but. The conversation is a lot more than just one sports mental health conference. This is a conversation and that's going to be a common thread in this podcast where we bring some of the best sporting athletes to speak about mental health. Um, and we're going to make sure that we tackle mental health through all facets of leadership um, or leaders per se. Muhammad is an incredible leader that is looked upon in the sports community, but we know sports isn't just a mode of or medium for entertainment. It's a medium where people get inspired and people truly, you know, change their lives by participating and being part of that sports culture, uh, whether it be the Premier League, the PSA, the Professional Squash Association, or whether it be FINA in swimming, as you know, we just had Farida Osman on. So without further ado, we have Mohammed Shurubagi speaking about the importance of mental health and mental fitness in being the number sort of one for six years in a row, fighting for that number one spot this year and being the relentless champion that he is. But it couldn't happen without the focus on the mental aspect of sports. So let's tune into our episode with the one and only Moe Shurbagi. Please sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this fruitful conversation with Mo. If you like the episode, please share it with your friends rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and also give us a follow at Empathy Always Wins and send me a, di a direct message on a Ali Salama on Instagram. That's the platform we're most active at. But without further ado, this is our conversation with the one and only Mo El Shorobagi exclusively on Empathy Always Wins. Shorobagi, thank you so much for uh, coming on. I, I think that... Uh, Tawana, I wish to have you on the conference, but we'll basically run through the 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 yeah, the, the the main topics that we covered from the mentality of the athlete ever since they're you know ever since they grew up in their developmental stage. So yeah, and starting off, Keda, yeah, I'd like to hear your story about how you entered squash. Uh, how yeah, if you were to 
enter your junior shurbogi into squash, how would you do it differently? If you would do it differently, uh, if not, uh, how how did it look like for you? I mean, I was I was in Alexandria. I was uh, I think my parents got me into sports from when I was five years old. Uh, they got me into swimming. Um, I didn't enjoy it much, but my mom kind of got me, kept pushing me into training every day. Not every day, but she kept pushing me into training and. Uh, she, uh, and then uh, I got in, till I was 10 years old actually, and then I got into squash when I was eight because my uncle played. Uh, and since the first moment I got into squash, I kind of wanted to understand more why all these people are running a small black ball, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, it turned out to be after that, this is what I have been doing for the past 20 years of my life running after this small black ball. Basically, I'm trying to chase it, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to catch it, basically. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to do all my life. And, uh, and yeah, and then uh, luckily when I got, uh, bit by bit, uh, my mom still kept pushing me into swimming and then I won the nationals under 11 when I was 10 and then from that moment, my mom thought, okay, maybe this is a sport for me. And then my parents, both my parents, they put everything, all their effort, all their, all their investment into making me a better squash player. And uh, yeah, and then the journey started. <laughs> yeah, and he, let's talk about it from the character building standpoint, because I, I think Ali mentioned something that uh, that struck out that, yeah, Annie, that, that really stood out to me. And, and, and uh, after the conference, I had a one-on-one -on -one with him and he was like, I wish Shorbagi was there. I would love to hear his take on it. So what he was saying was in the, uh, in our yani, part of the region uh, or in our part of the world, in eastern parts, you know, the parts that aren't tr truly westernized and aren't really focused on, you know, yani, we're just focused on winning or the rankings or this is what we see. Uh, can you point yani, a little bit towards the developmental, like how this builds character? Because what he was saying is you may not always be a champion, but you'll always be a winner in the way it builds your character. But yani, I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just always... Uh... It's always it's it's a very it's a very interesting question for me because uh, uh, being a winner is uh, every a lot of people see it differently, you know. Uh, and uh, for me, being a winner is winning the title whenever I go to a tournament. And uh, if I lose the final, that's for me. I'm I'm not good enough. I, I was not the best player in the tournament, and uh, that's the way. I have been mentally, that's the way I have been brought up to think when I go to tournaments. Uh, but th that doesn't mean it will work for everyone. You know, everyone has to see the way it works for them. And that's the way it works for me. Uh, I'm sure Ali see, see it differently. And somehow it is working for him as well. You know, yeah. so, so every way works. You just have to find a way that works for you. For me, it's always been about winning the match you know winning the tournament winning the title uh that's for me has always been my goal uh, every time i step on court and uh and yeah and that's what made me who i am uh and not achieved my career so far yeah i think this is a very interesting yani perspective because yani as you're talking uh, and saying these points everything that's going in my mind is like the, what happens when you get knocked off in a court like i know you're not winning and I know in squash you have to have a very short-term memory, when, and not to get your head over your 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 the, the ball you lost or the referee or whatever. So how do you like walk me through your process of uh, of getting back like in the midst of momentum? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with 
with with being completely put off guard? Well, the, the, the top athletes are one of the most things that they're very skillful at is letting go. Uh, is finishing one point, no matter how that point finished, no matter if you think the referee gave you a bad decision, if you think the other player doing some stuff to put you off, you know, anything, any of these situations, the players, the, the top players know how to put these things off their mind and focus on what they need to do because they know that if they perform, they are good enough to win the match. Um, I'm not saying that the top players don't get it wrong sometimes. I obviously do get it uh, wrong at times, and that's how they get stronger. But uh, for me personally, uh, the challenges during the season is you, you have 12 tournaments within nine months, and you have sometimes three tournaments after each other that you get like only five days in between. And if you do bad in the first event, for example, you have to stay positive because you should believe in the work you put, and you should also understand that when you go to the season, you try to win most matches, but you can't win all, all the matches. Uh, and the worst part for me is letting one match, one bad match, affect another tournament. You have to let yeah. go of that match, learn from it, and refocus again and stay positive. And uh, obviously the mind is, it is what controls all of this, not the training, because all, most of the top guys really train hard, but it's the mental side that makes the difference between each one of them. Mm. Yeah, is there any technique you use uh, to that helps you out the most? Yeah, I know for people it's visualization. I know for other people it's uh, completely breathing, and I know for other people it's just like PlayStation. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, how, how how do you like how, how does it work for you? I mean, to be honest, it's. Um... I mean, <laughs> everyone obviously works out the way it works best for them. I mean, for me, I like to to talk to the people around me, to talk about everything. Uh, I think uh, the, the top athletes are the ones who are the most honest with themselves. Uh, yeah. And it's when they go back to their team and tell them, I'm nervous before this match. Uh, that's when you're not showing a sign of weakness when you're telling your coach that you're nervous, that you're actually you're showing a sign of strength, that you're actually able to face the truth about how you feel and how to be able to deal with it. Uh, and uh, it is a tough thing to uh, to uh, to be honest if you're feeling very, very it's very tough I know but it's for me that the way I deal with it is talk to my team before the match and prepare yeah. myself for it and see the match before it even before I even go on court see it before it before I even by visualizing and uh, by uh, getting prepared for situations that can happen that can put me off so when they happen in the match I'm already prepared for these kind of situations so uh, so that's the thing that I have done over my career, and uh, but as I said, sometimes you get it wrong, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wanna, I wanna take you a little bit. But I, first of all, happy birthday! I know it is your birthday this week, so uh, happy <laughs> birthday! I wish you. Eh? I know. <laughs> How does it feel being thirty? Eh? Yeah. How does it feel? I mean, this is honestly all. I, I mean, my brother, all the posts he has been posting on social media. Happy thirtieth birthday! He's reminding everyone. He's <laughs> been a bit cheeky, you know. <laughs> uh, but honestly, this is the first time I have so many people telling me happy thirtieth birthday. You know, it's like they're feeling bad for me. Like, oh, you still. It's like in a way, it doesn't feel like a celebration this year. It feels like everyone is feeling bad for me, and I'm like, 
and, and, and I'm like, I'm starting to feel like, am I, am I supposed to celebrate today? Are, are people buying gifts for me? So, uh, so I'm not sad anymore or why are they buying gifts? You know? <laughs> so, uh, it's um, a bit frustrating if I'm honest, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, this, this number, I don't know what goes into people's head, but this number really, and don't tell me like there's no other number. It's kind of like you're 20 or 25 or 28 or 30, and then everyone's just focused on 30. But uh, I, I truly believe with, with what you're yeah, and he's saying around your mindset. Uh, and I mean, you know Greg, what we were talking Greg, Yeah, I was talking to, uh, go for it. Uh, Greg, Greg Rigotti sent me a text uh, saying uh, happy 30th uh, birthday and uh, 30th is the, the new 40 and then he was like oh sorry I mean the new 20 and I was like, like seriously like I don't need your text right now <laughs> but see you know it's 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 um with what you're saying, it's very fascinating because I was uh, sitting on a panel with Microsoft's managing director, uh, uh, Roberto Croci, here in the Middle East and Africa. And basically, he's he's leading the, the their entire startup ecosystem. And he was telling me, like, Ali, the unicorns, the people who are founders of very successful startups, they're, they're very mentally tough. And, uh, and he raised a really interesting point on self-awareness, which is essentially what you're saying, but in another sort of scope, whether you have to be honest with yourself and that. And I think in building teams, teams and in being that leader and I think in in all due respect the way you lead you know yourself whether it's off the court uh, which affects the on-court performances is very parallel to 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 what uh, he was saying and maybe this leads me to like one of our final points here is that how do you think we can develop a little bit more of a conscious youth generation when it comes to this because I don't think that uh, yes I know you're top tier and I know that Ali and Nuran and Kenzie but uh, this isn't the norm. How can we make this the norm? What do you think? What do you think is needed, whether from the foundations such as the PSA or the Premier League or the whatever governmental uh, or whatever uh, sporting board, what is needed? And what do you see? Is, are they doing well? And uh, yeah, from that self-awareness sort of youth developmental mindset standpoint, do you see a lack or do you see it going in the right direction? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean... Uh... Um, it's it's easy to see talents, you know. Uh, not easy, but it's it's like you can see talents in every generation, but not all talented people make it. Uh, but most hardworking people make it. So imagine having talented people and hardworking people mixed together, uh, and that's when I think um, you know, like. Uh, um, like for me, when I was young, my parents pushed me really, really hard because they knew that they knew that that's what was my character. I needed to be pushed hard when I was young. And from when I was 15, they let me be because they knew they put the basics in me. So I know what I need to do uh, to get better at my career. Uh, while my brother, they did it with him differently. Uh, my brother was let alone. He wasn't pushed hard when he was young because he was different to me. And then he was pushed hard a little bit when he was from when he was 15, 16, when he was more mature. Uh, and we both ended up winning the World Juniors in different times. Uh, but they treated both of us differently. Uh, and I think it's always very important to treat each person depend, depending on his character and on his needs. Uh, yeah. and, um, and that's how you can individually uh, get the best out of each person uh, instead of putting every group on the same program 
uh, you get two out of 10 who are great. Uh, but if you teach each individually and understand each individual case by itself, I think you can get the best out of each person. Yeah. And you kept touching on parenting, parenting, parenting. Is there any message you want to tell any, uh, yeah, any parent listening to us right now uh, on uh, on on building character within their, yeah, any, within their children, uh, any entering them, any sport? Is there anything worked for you that you want to share, or has something not worked for you terribly that you also want to share? Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, my mom almost attended every single training session with me when I was young. Uh, but I think what my mom or what my parents did uh, is, is they didn't try to uh, look at what others did. They just tried to get the best out for me and my brother. Uh, yeah. Because as I said, every individual is different. And yeah. if someone training was a particular person and he gets the best result out of that person, that doesn't mean that everyone who will go to be coached by that person will be the world champion. You know? uh, each yeah. one is different. And uh, I think um, like having a very close relationship with your parents uh, has helped me so much in my career. Uh, and, uh, and my mom has even traveled with me as a coach, not just as a parent, you know, she used to help me between matches and all of this. And that helped me mentally a lot to be uh, yeah. to have someone who I can trust because uh, who else I can trust more than my parents. And uh, to know that I can talk about anything during tournaments, during anything to have that kind of relationship always helped me to be better as a person and help me in my mm. career. And uh, uh, I really think it's uh, important that the parents obviously get that kind of relationship and that uh, understand what their kids, uh, how they can get close to their kids. Uh, and um, luckily I had that and um, I, I see Ali 100% have that with his family as well. Uh, and uh, and uh, I think that kind of give both of us something uh, that we can, um, it, it makes us feeling, uh, you know, like uh, have a lot of people with trust around us that are close to us, like our families, it helps our career for sure. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Farida Osman uh, two days ago before the, before Sportsmenta, she was telling me happy swimmers are fast swimmers. That's what her coach, yeah, and he drilled into her. And I think with what you're saying, you know, when you're close to your parents and when you feel this love and belonging, you're automatically happy. And it's funny also that this podcast, Yanni, that we're doing, that, that we're going to air this onto is called Empathy Always Wins, which is another sort of term for, you know, when you're close and when you lead people with empathy, Yanni, you're always going to be winning because you're, you're, there's a sense of, uh, there's a sense of exactly what you're saying, Shorbogifa. Maybe the last, last, last question. If you have a no. comment, go for it. Sorry? Uh, were you, were you, in the Kananda comment? Did you have a comment? No, no, no. I said, I said for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you something because this is something that a lot of athletes also, um, yani, especially in the Premier League and, and squash, and you know, the athlete lifespan is uh, you know a certain amount of time, and then after the career, many athletes, yani, go on to doing many different things. How do you see that affecting the the, the sense of character or the identity of an athlete? And what have you ever thought of uh, after I win or after what will my life be like for 
you know, the, the last 30 years or because for, for many, uh, you know, speaking to many athletes, it's been, it's something that they, even if they don't think about them, but it's at the back of their minds. How do you, how do you see that playing out for you? I mean, definitely it's, uh, it's important to have people close to you that you care about because it's a, it's a big moment, the moment that you retire. It's the moment uh, you stop doing the things that you love the most and, been, and the thing that you've been doing all your life. Uh, but, uh, but uh, luckily, athletes who have done well in their sports, uh, they, they can always choose the option of staying in their sport after they finish their career. Um, for me, I would like a different challenge. Uh, I would like to do to stay in the sport more uh, because I would love because this is a sport I love and I would love to give something back to the sport. But uh, I would like to kind of get into a different challenge in my life, something that uh, I've been thinking about a few things in my head. Uh, but uh, right now, I'm, I haven't been taking any steps toward anything because I, I still have a lot I want to achieve in my career. And, uh, and uh, yeah, let's see where, where life takes us take right now. We, we, we live in a, quite a weird time at the moment. And let's see when uh, things are back to hopefully, hopefully to normal again. Shurbogi, this is, uh, I, I think the fact that you're aware, you know, and you, you mentioned that, that was, uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a very, and you speak, speaking on self-awareness and being aware of your emotions and being aware of yourself is, I think it's a, it's a key trait of, of any champion. And I, I really appreciate your honesty and, and, uh, and I'm so grateful that we got to share this. Uh, is there any last sort of comment you want to uh, leave us with, leave our audience with on mental health and the importance or the mental fitness or the mental aspect of sport in general as we wrap things up? No, I'm really, really happy that you had me today. I'm, I'm really glad and uh, thank, you so, thank you so much for having me. And I, I hope that people who listen uh, to this I would have enjoyed it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, it's, it's always a topic... I'm really interested in because I think uh, there is so much into the mental side of uh, not just sports to life and uh, I have learned so much about it and uh, it's uh, I have gone through uh, like a lot in my career and a lot of matches in my career where it made me believe more that it's the mental side that got me through that match these matches and made me go over the edge at the end of matches so uh, so uh, I really believe a lot in this topic and it's one of the most interesting topics for me, definitely. Thank you, Shorbagi. I really appreciate it, Habib. Thanks, Habib. Thanks, man. Muhammad El Shorbagi, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. <laughs> I think that... Uh, I, you probably get bored of me saying wow, wow, wow a lot of the times, but honestly, guys, I, I have this sort of standard and I don't want to release any episode that doesn't wow me or that doesn't sort of make me feel like this isn't valuable. So I listen to the podcast with you, you know, while I'm editing and then I, I sort of hit record when the episode is over. So it's sort of real time emotion here. And I, I just want to say that um, champions aren't born. Um, it's very obvious also from the way you know, speaking with Farida Osman on the last episode, um, having Sports Menta, you know, um, Ali Farag, Nuran Gohar, Kenzil Dafrawi. Sports men, sports women are, 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 are made, are made through habits and actions. And that's the developmental mindset that we were talking about. I think if Shorbagi didn't have the support, uh, his mother being sort of one of his sort of champions uh, as coach at one point of his life and 
I think if that support system wasn't there, it just wouldn't be. I mean, of course he would be great, but I don't think that that, that champion, that person that can overcome and that can have this incredibly resilient mindset, it's, it's a summation of so many different things. And it's just incredible to be able to speak to people like that, uh, get their insights. Um, and also, please feel free to let me know if you guys have any questions. Uh, we're always sort of looking to bring uh, Shorbogi, uh, Farida, all the athletes and the, the, the leaders that we've had on this podcast again, if there is a back and forth. So please feel free to send your questions on at Empathy Always Wins or on at Ali Salama on Instagram. That's very important for us to stay in the loop. Um, another thing as well is that if you guys want to nominate anyone to be featured on Empathy Always Wins, I'll drop the nomination form in the show notes below. But I'd like to leave us on a very sort of short note uh, around mental toughness sports because I also highlighted that we are making events. We are actually go doing events here in, in Dubai um, on the 24th of January. As we touched on the importance of support systems, we want to actually develop the meaning behind support systems. Like, what do support systems mean? How is it that important? How important is it to build your network? And for many people listening, you may think, well, maybe I don't like, well, I don't know where to start. I'm still in uh, university. I'm just uh, second year into my first job. Like, I don't know what networking is. I'm a bit terrified or I'm a bit like just intimidated because I don't have much to offer. Well, the great news is you don't really have to have much to offer. And that's why we are teaming up with the Capital Club Dubai, uh, had consultants and Microsoft for startups and a Arabian Business's editor-in-chief is going to be on my personal panel, as well as uh, Khawla Hamad, who is the co-founder, who's the CEO, sorry, and founder of Takalam Online Counseling. It's going to be a day of just a night, sorry, of workshops, uh, networking, and just making sure that we are getting in touch with some of the people that you maybe can have as mentors as well. So um, feel free to let me know if you'd be interested in the Empowering Minds. And even if you listen to this in 2024, Empowering Minds isn't going away. We're developing this into the world's leadership and mental health conference slash summit with a bunch of cool ideas because we believe in mental health being a continuous message that doesn't end with an event series. It ends with an active continuation of the message. So on that note, Thank you guys so much. Feel free to tune in the links in the show notes below. Shorubagi, that was an amazing conversation and we'll see you guys very soon. And I'd like to leave you on this note before we end things off today. In life and in business, empathy always wins. <laughs>